Track Smack with Don Hall. Smackcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Keg with Race Day San Antonio. Welcome to a special Smackcast podcast here on TracksmackRadio.com. What I have for you today are the interviews from the NASCAR Cup Series Championship 4 media event that was held. Today we're going to hear the interviews from Chase Elliott, driver of the number 9 Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet. We're also going to hear from Denny Hamlin, driver of the number 11 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota. Then we're going to hear from Brad Keselowski, who drives the number 2 Penske Ford. And finally, we're going to wrap it up with Joey Logano, who drives the number 22 Team Penske Ford. All right, now first up today is Chase Elliott, driver of the number 9 Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet. Here's what Chase had to say. All right. Well, right now I am going to uh, throw it over to Kelly Stavis with NBC Sports, who will be the host for our press conference with Chase Elliott. Hey, Chase. Thanks for taking the time today. Um, first of all, four wins on the season, including the must-win situation a week ago at Martinsville. And now for the first time in your career, you're through to the championship four. What does it mean to you to, to break through to that next level and, and be one way, race away from a championship? Yeah, for sure. Great, you know, great, uh, great opportunity for us. And, and, you know, much like you mentioned, uh, I think you might've said this, or I don't know if this is the last one, but uh, just an area that, that we haven't, haven't been to yet. And, you know, the round of eight had kind of been that stopping point for us over the last few years. So it feels really nice to move on and um, go and, and perform at the level that, that I really feel confident that we can, we can do consistently this past weekend uh, at, at Martinsville. So, Great, great weekend, great team win, uh, a big win and a timely win and a great opportunity ahead. So just trying to, um, you know, do all the right things this week to be as prepared as possible for Sunday. Okay, I'm going to start turning it over to some questions and we will start with Bob Pachris. Yeah, Case, Chase, with this being your first time in the, in the four, have you talked to anybody? And if so, who just for any advice? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I mean, for me, I'm very lucky. I mean, my dad obviously has had, um, you know, had great uh, success over the years and and has been around this deal for a long time. Uh, obviously, Jimmy's a great one to lean on to. But I, to me, the big thing from from talking to dad that I feel like he's kind of mentioned is just enjoy these moments because these aren't things that you can take for granted. Um, you don't know when your last race win is, you don't know that tomorrow, what tomorrow brings. I mean, nothing's guaranteed. Right. So I think just enjoying these moments and trying to embrace them. And, um, you know, especially after a race like Sunday, you wish you could just slow down time, you know, and, and enjoy that, that moment and, and make it last a little longer. Uh, but you can't, so you just have to enjoy them as much as you can and and put emphasis on that and I feel like that's where I'm at right now is just not taking the situation for granted knowing that it's not an easy thing it's not something that comes every day and um, try to make the most of a great opportunity and if you look back on this year from a competition lens not necessarily your own but would you look back on it and say man it's there was an abnormal year with nine weeks off no practice nor no qualifying or has it been normal enough that you look back on say man that was a year like Kevin Harvick won nine races and, and didn't make the final four. Yeah. I mean, I think it just kind of goes to show you, um, you know, nothing's guaranteed in this, in this deal and, and just the way the points format and things are, it, it lends opportunity for, you know, for winning races at the right time. Um, 
And, you know, fortunate for us, we were able to able to do that. So, you know, I think the big one I take away is, is especially after a year like Kevin had, um, you know, nothing's nothing's guaranteed. And you, you really just have to put emphasis on trying to perform at the right time and and hoping that uh, you can put all the pieces together. So I'm certainly not I'm not taking any of it for granted. It's a big deal and it's a uh, great opportunity for us. And, you know, one, you know, to, to have won four races uh, this season, I think is, uh, is something we've never done before. So that, that's also a, a great achievement for us. And, um, hopefully we can, you know, try to get one more before it's over with. Okay. Claire B. Lane, the floor is yours. Thank you. So let me ask you, Joey Logano said that, Hey, I'm going to race for many more years. There'll be many opportunities. He was putting it in perspective, similar to you about enjoy the moment, but this is definitely not your last race and not your last shot at a championship. Does that take the pressure off of you because you are so young, even though you drive yourself really hard? Um, well, I mean, we like to think those things, right? Um, but you don't know. I mean, hell, I don't know what tomorrow is. Uh, I don't think anybody does. So, you know, to sit here and, and – promise myself things that I can't promise myself. I, I don't know. So I, I'm not sure that that, that I have, uh, you know, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, so I, I don't know. Right. But I do know that, uh, this is a moment that you have to enjoy, uh, because you don't know when your last race win is, you don't know when your last day is, you don't know when the last championship four is for you or all of the above. So, um, I'm just trying to enjoy the whole moment and, um, make the most of, of whatever Sunday brings, put all the emphasis and, and, um, preparation and the things that are going to make us or give us the best chance on Sunday. And, and to me, that's, uh, my preparation for certain situations and most probably most importantly, uh, the right decisions on the car, uh, to get our car balance as close as we can to start the race. So, uh, all my emphasis is there and just trying to enjoy and embrace this time and make the most of it. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. On to Dustin Long. Thank you, Chase. I know you've talked about just what last week's win meant, but I'm curious um, from the perspective of how does it change who you are or what you do a week later? I, I guess, you know, you've had success, you've done great things. So, just because you won last week at Martinsville, how does that change what you might do or might not do at, at Phoenix this weekend in this situation? Well, I don't think it changes our approach any, uh, for sure. I, I think we'd be foolish to change uh, how we do things now um, as we go into the last race of the year. So, you know, Martinsville was a great win, great team win, timely win. Couldn't have asked for a better a better time to go out there and perform really well. So I don't think we change anything as far as how we get ready for the race weekend. I think that our our prep and, and our process that we go through as as the nine team is good enough to compete uh, when we do all the right things and, and make all the right decisions. So I don't think there's any reason for us to go about things any differently this week uh, than we have in the past. Also, uh, you know, I understand that every experience can be a learning experience. And I'm curious because this is a, a little bit more of a short track, potentially mentality, your experience at Bristol earlier this year, late in the race and it not working out. What, 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 what kind of a learning experience is that? 
in case you have to be you're put in a similar situation at some point or late in the race at, at Phoenix this weekend? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you get in situations and you don't have weeks to sit there and think about what the right decision is. You have to make a decision and, and go with it and live with it. So, um, you know, for me, I I'm, feel like when you get put in situations, you have to make a decision and, and go on down the road, whether it works out or it doesn't work out. So, um, it's so hard to prepare for all of them because you don't know what's going to be thrown at you. What, you know, at what point in the race are you going to have a challenge or is something not going to go your way or, or whatever. It's just so hard to simulate some of that because you just don't, you don't know until you get faced with it, but, um, just try to rely on past situations, past experience and, um, use those, those little pieces of, of learning experiences to uh, make a better decision next time. That's all we can do. You still have to make them really fast and sometimes they're going to work out. Sometimes they're not. Um, but you try to make the one that's going to better your result. Thank you. Okay. We'll turn it over to Jenna Fryer. Sorry. Took me a second to get off mute. Chase, are you glad um, that Har and that um, his season came to an end the way it did. I couldn't hear you. You, you broke up there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are, are you glad that Harvick's not in the final or, or are you able to have any sympathy for him not making it? Um, I don't know. I, I don't really think that's for me to say. Um, you know, I, you know, certainly I commend them for winning nine races. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a major feat for sure. Um, so I think you have to respect that. But um, I'm not sure it's for me to say, you know, that, um, or, or comment really past that. So, um, I just, I think for us to sit here and, and talk about others or the other three guys in it or who's not in it, or, you know, who somebody thinks the favorite is or isn't or whatever is just very unproductive, um, in my eyes. So, um, I'm just really thinking about us and, um, being, being selfish, uh, in, in a lot of ways this week and trying to put emphasis on the things that are going to make us go fast and me ranking Kevin's season is not one of them. Uh, and, and secondly, you're the first Hendrick and Chevy guy in there since 2016. Jeff Andrews said that Mr. H was texting him till two o'clock in the morning after you got the car in. Did you feel any pressure internally from either Chevy or Mr. H to get into this finale? I mean, certainly we all want to do good. Right. Um, but I would be lying if I said that there was any outside emphasis or pressure that made us want to be a part of this championship for any more than we already did as a team and any more than I did personally. So, you know, as much as I know that our partners and, and Mr. Hendrick and, and everybody, um, you know, want us to do really well, uh, I want to do good. I want to do good anyway. Um, our team wants to do good. We, we want to perform. We want to win too. Uh, you know, I'm talking about just the guys that are, you know, on track and fighting the fight. So there's, there's nothing outside of that, that, that is going to make us want to go and perform any more than we already do. Thanks Chase. Yep. All right. Kelly Crandall's next. Thank you. Hi Chase. So two things. First off, first championship for parents, you mentioned people that you've, talk to and try to lean on is it also going to be is it going to be an advantage or disadvantage that you won't have to go through a weekend full of nerves in terms of each practice and qualifying and instead you just get to show up and race 
Well, it certainly takes, you know, it takes, uh, you know, a bunch, um, I guess of, I don't want to say complications out of it, but I guess just that time on track and it just takes a lot of pieces away from the puzzle. Right. Um, so I don't know that it's good or bad. I mean, if you, if you start the race on Sunday and your car's off, well, dang, I wish we had some practice, you know, I wish we could have fixed this on, on Friday or Saturday. Um, if you start the race on Sunday and your car is driving good, well then no, you probably are happy with not having any. So I really think it comes down to whether or not you hit your balance close to begin the race um, and if you do, then you're happy about it. Uh, if you don't, you wish you had some more time, but you know, everybody's faced with the same rules and the same weekend schedule. So we all kind of have the same opportunity, in my opinion. So, um, kind of all depends on how you start the race. And then lastly, I was just curious if you knew what car you'd have this weekend, is there any significance to it? Has it run before or is it new? Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea what car we're taking this weekend. Um, you know, they all look the exact same from where I sit. Unless I look over there and see which number it says on the roll bar, uh, I couldn't tell you. So uh, whatever car Alan chooses is is the best choice, and I have confidence in that decision, and we will uh, we'll live with it either way. Thank you. Yep. Okay, next up we have Steve Hummer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Yeah, Chase, uh, first the light question. Uh, after kind of breaking through that round of eight barrier, how would you celebrate? Uh, to be real honest, I came home and, and, uh, went to bed, uh, just, just to be, to be real clear on that. Um, you know, it is one of those things we had, um, I mean, I would have loved to have come home and, and, you know, had a few beers or whatever and and hung out, but, uh, just kind of the way it worked out we had meetings Monday morning and, you know, obviously a, a big week of prep, um, going into this last event. So really just kind of after the race, tried to, enjoy the moment, uh, embrace it, um, recognize that situations and moments like that don't happen every day. So really enjoy that. Uh, but at the same time, just get ready and, and, uh, think about Monday and, and what we're going to talk about in our meetings, you know, looking ahead to Phoenix. And finally, after, uh, I don't know at your young age, if you think much about legacy building, but in, toward that, how, how important do you think winning a championship is? Yeah. I mean, it's a popular question, right? And, and I don't, I don't know, uh, because I've never done it. And, and I, I hate to say that, but I just don't. And I think it's one of those things where you don't know, you know, I don't know what it feels like or, or the emotions of it or what it would bring or wouldn't bring or whatever, because I've never achieved that before. So I just think to, to be thinking about those things, um, and, and not the things that are going to make our car go fast on Sunday is just the wrong, in my opinion, uh, and my approach right now is, is the wrong thing. So I'm just all eyes and, and my mindset and focus is what is going to make us go fast. Um, th- that is what matters on, on Sunday. That is going to be the thing that either gives you a chance or doesn't. Um, and the rest of it right now just doesn't matter. So that's just where I'm at. All right. Thanks, man. Yep. Okay, on to Jeff Gluck. Chase, certainly you've raced uh, before in these finales, uh, not being part of it. So you've you've had to race the championship drivers with respect, give them room, things like that. Um, are you expecting to get that back now? And are you anticipating that other drivers who aren't in the championship will give you some more room than they might usually? That's a great question. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, the, the ones I've been a part of um, – I feel like I've really tried to 
let those guys fight it out, you know, especially if those cars are, are good, which it seems like they have been in the past, um, and upfront battling. So I've tried to do that for sure. I will say that I do feel like as the years have gone on, it seemed like when the first year of this final four thing, and at least the first year that I was a part of it, um, like nobody want any, they didn't want anything to do with those guys. Um, and then it seems like as the years have gone on, you know, people are just kind of running their race a little more. I do think the respect is still there, but I do think there is a little bit more of a sense of those guys and, and the people who are not a part of the final four running more of their event still. Um, so you hope you get some respect and you hope those guys will, will give you that whether they will or won't. I, I don't know. Uh, I've never done it, but we'll find out. I do think the dynamic has changed a little bit as time has gone on though. So hopefully we're, you know, fast enough where it doesn't matter. Thanks. Yep. Okay. Next up is Alex Andrejev. Sorry if I've mispronounced that. No worries. <laughs> Thanks, Chase. Um, you know, you, you mentioned that you weren't interested really in like thinking about the favorites for this race, but, you know, I'm curious kind of with, with where you stack up, some could argue that you're like an underdog coming into this without a championship four appearance before. Do you, do you feel like that or not really coming off the momentum of your most recent win? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I just think it's unproductive, right? I mean, what, what good does it do uh, anybody to, sit down and, and rank who, you know, who they think is going to, I mean, I guess if you're in Vegas, it does those people some good. Right. But like, for me, I'm not betting on the race this weekend in Vegas. Like I'm not laying any money down on trying to win or not. So I don't really care who the favorite is uh, or who the, who the underdog is. Um, you know, I just want to go and, and have a good run, try to win and, um, you know, achieve our goals. And why do you think you could be this year's champion? Um, well, I mean, I think for us, um, I feel like when we've been at our best, I feel like we've competed with, with the best, um, in the series. So, you know, I, I think if we do the right things and, and make the right calls throughout the week and, and the right adjustments and, and tweaks on the car from that first race, um, there's no reason why I don't think, uh, you know, we can go and, and have a shot. Thank you so much. Yep. All right, Chase, next we have a question we've received from Jeff Magliocetti, and he asks, what sort of advice, if any, has Jimmy Johnson provided to you about this weekend, and what will the time you spent together at Hendrick Motorsports mean to you? Yeah, Jimmy's been such a great friend uh, for me and, and, you know, a great role model, and, and I think for not just me. I mean, the guy I feel like is a great example in a lot of different ways. So, yeah, I think his message throughout the week has just been do the things that kind of make you, you. And, you know, I don't, I don't, now's not the time to try to reinvent the wheel or do things different or change who you are. Just go about, go about your thing as you always have. And, and that's, that's kind of the process that has led us to this point. So, um, there, there's no need in changing who you are now. And, and, um, you know, just one of those things that probably ain't gonna do you any good. And then the follow-up was um, what your time is with yeah. Jimmy has meant together. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy is, you know, you know, like I said, I mean, what a, you know, such a great individual person. I don't know what that noise is. Sorry. Um, anyways, so just ignore that. Uh, but you know, he, he's a, he's a great guy and, and, and he's a, he's a champion on the track and off the track. And I think he's made that very apparent over the years. 
So I've been very lucky and very fortunate to call him a friend and have him to lean on in certain times. Um, and yeah, I'm certainly going to miss him being around and, and being, you know, a part of, a part of our team all the time. Okay. Next up, Davey Seagal. Thank you, uh, Kelly Chase. Last year, there was some conversation regarding championship four appearances being weighted as potentially more valuable in this specific era than championships themselves. Where do you stand on that and how valuable the appearances are versus the titles themselves? Uh, I mean, I'm not sure on that. I haven't really thought about that a ton. Um, but one thing I know for sure is you can't win a championship unless you're part of the final four. So that that's, that's my response to that. I don't know, you know, what the correct answer is on the weight of it. Um, but I know that with the way the rules are and the way this deal is, you're not going to win one unless you're part of the final four. So that, that I know for a fact. Would you consider your season a success in making the championship four or is it title or bust? Uh, well, our season's not over, so we'll find out Sunday. Thank you. Okay, next up, Michael Shelton. Thank you very much. Well, Chase, obviously, congratulations on the win at Martinsville. It's been a track that you had, you've had, been working your way around trying to figure out, and, and you finally did. So what do you think is holding you back at Phoenix, and what is it going to take for you to finally get over the hump there and claim the title on Sunday? Yeah, I think for us, um, you know, thanks. Uh, it was a great, you know, great, great weekend, great team win at Martinsville, a very timely win. You know, as I mentioned, uh, all those things are, are, um, it was a, a big deal for sure. And I think we all recognize that as a team. So, um, you know, looking to Phoenix, uh, I think what is going to make the difference out there is a good week of preparation, a good week of making the right decisions on the car, taking what we had there in the spring and tweaking on it and making it better. You're not going to go back with what we had there in the spring and, and, and be good. Uh, everybody's always getting better and always improving. So we want to do, we want to do some of that and hopefully we can improve and be better than the rest. And just quickly on your pick crew, you know, just talk about their performance all year and especially in the crucial moment at Martinsville where your Jack man, he comes out, comes out to early. He's like, Oh, I got to go back and touch the wall or, you know, and then avoided the penalty. Like, you know, how, you know, how crucial was that? Yeah. I mean, TJ, you know, obviously you, you, you want to eliminate those mistakes in general. So that that's number one, right? Nobody wants to make any mistakes, but if you do make a mistake to have the awareness and to be able to do it that quick, to be able to say, okay, Hey, if I go reset myself, uh, we're going to avoid this penalty was huge. And I'm not sure what clicked in his head, um, to go do that. But like, I'm coming in the pit box, like, you know, he's trying to make his mind up whether he wants to go back and I'm about to run him over. So, you know, it was, uh, he had to make that pretty quick and then he had to execute it even quicker because I was coming in there not slow. So, um, you know, just one of those things you have to, you know, really commend his preparation and, and the coaches, uh, for teaching that and knowing what to do in that situation. Thank you. Good luck. Thanks. Okay, uh, looks like uh, Cole Cusumano is next. Thank you. Hey, Chase. Uh, I want to go back to a post you made on Instagram late October where you said you'd be taking a break from social media. Uh, what sparked this initiative, and do you believe that played a large role in getting over the hump and advancing to the championship four? Um, I'm not sure that it played a role in, in you know advancing to the final four or not, but it was really just one of those things where – 
Um, I think I, much like a lot of the world uh, nowadays, you know, we, we spend any split second of downtime looking at our phones and scrolling and seeing what Twitter has to offer and, um, you know, what Joe Blow and John Smith are doing uh, in the middle of their day. So at the end of the day, I've just kind of felt like it might be good to give that a rest and, and just not care as much about what everybody else is doing and, um, and just be more productive and, and focus on more things that matter than be, you know, in, in your present life, uh, more so than, than on the phone. So that's really kind of where that came from. And, you know, it really didn't have as much to do with the on track stuff as it did just me personally and, and thinking that it'd be a good change for a little while. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Yep. Okay. Uh, Greg Engel, the floor is yours. Hey, Chase. Oh, sorry. I was looking at my phone. Um, that noise we heard a minute ago, maybe that was the Dawsonville pool room siren. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was. I don't know uh, where you're at, but anyway. But, serious, sorry. No, no. It's On a serious note, um, and hi, Kelly. Um, speaking of the Dawsonville pool room, that's obviously been a big part of your life since your dad kind of you know, was racing and everything. Um, I, and I just want to be a little, little lighter here and, and talk about your memories there. And, and were you ever there and, and got to hear the siren when your dad won? And what would it be like to have them sounding that siren, probably trying to break the thing Sunday night if you win? Yeah, you know, I've never been around for it. Uh, I've seen videos and stuff, but certainly a, you know, it's, it's a really cool tradition. You know, Gordon Perkle is, is the guy that has owned the pool room and that's kind of been his thing. And uh, I think it's very cool of him to carry that tradition on and, and be able to, um, you know, be able to still do that. Um, so I, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I think it's a cool thing. I uh, would love for it to go off on Sunday. I, I, I certainly hope that's the case. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's a cool tradition and fortunate that, uh, you know, I've been lucky enough that, you know, they wanted to carry it on and, and want to keep doing it. Thanks, pal. Have fun this weekend. Thank you. All right, Marty Zakala. Yes, thank you, Kelly. Chase, uh, first off, congratulations on making the championship four. I've noticed some irony here uh, going back to 1988 where the teams in baseball and basketball, the Dodgers and the Lakers, have won titles in 2020. And back in 1988, I believe your dad, Bill, won a championship then. How cool would it be to be in it? be back in his footsteps and uh go for a championship this year yeah yeah that's a that's a cool thing i didn't know that um for sure but you know i i, I people ask that a lot right and it's so i feel like it's so hard um i just remember getting the question of like hey what's it gonna feel like when you win that first race like what, what's that what's that going to be like how cool is that gonna be to you and i always had a really hard time answering that because I had never done it before. Right. So I don't know. And I, I think that's the same answer now uh, until you achieve a moment like that, that obviously is very meaningful to you. I think it's really hard to put a stamp of what it means or how it feels or the emotions that come with it. I just, I think I'd be speaking out of term to really give you an answer because I don't know. I don't know. And, and I hope that one day I can figure it out, but right now I don't know. And we'll, um, you know, give it our best shot to find out. Thank you, man. Good luck to you this weekend. All right. That's all the time we have for questions. Chase, thank you so much for taking the time 
to answer everyone's and good luck this weekend. Cool. Yeah, thanks. All right there. That was Chase Elliott. Now, next, we're going to hear from Denny Hamlin, driver of the number 11, Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota. Here's what Denny had to say. Hey, Denny. Hey. You got us? Sure do. Cool. Thanks for joining us. All right. Of course, everyone, this is Denny Hamlin, driver of the number 11, Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota for FedEx. Seven wins on the season. And Denny, now making your third championship for appearance. So the first question I have for you is, why is it going to be different this year? Why will you come away as champion in 2020? Um, no guarantees, so I can't tell you why. But <laughs> I'll let you know after the race is over why we won. But it's going to take execution and a fast car. Uh, those are the two things that uh, you, you're going to have to do to win. Um, you know, I think it's going to you know will take a win to 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 win it all. So. You know, I, I thought I was in a good position last year and things just didn't work out, right? So it's just uh, there, there's no givens. Um, I don't think there's any favorites. I view all my competition equally, that uh, they're all dangerous in their own different ways. And so uh, this, is, this one's a tough one to handicap. But from my perspective, I, I'm a numbers guy. I like law of averages. If I just keep putting myself in that final four, eventually things will fall my way. All right, I'm going to hand it over to the rest of the media, and we'll start once again with Bob Pachris. Yeah, Denny, last year at Phoenix, a lot was made of your preparation. I'm curious, are you going to play tennis till the wee hours of the morning, uh, just like you did last year? If I had a tennis court, I would. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, right? I mean, I'm just yeah, – I'm different when it comes to that. I, I look for distractions versus people trying to avoid them. Uh, I tried to avoid them in 2010. It was a worse – mistake I ever made was uh, just not enjoying the weekend. It was my birthday weekend. Why would I celebrate that anyway? And just, uh, you know, it's, it's my personality. I, 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 I make sure that I spend the dedicated amount of time I need to do to prepare. And then beyond that, I, I do my normal everyday routine, which is just live life. You know, I was at a friend's daughter's birthday party, uh, you know, a couple of days ago and, you know, I'll go golfing tomorrow for the next couple of days. And I'm just, you know, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'm happy with the result because I know that I'm going to be prepared when I get in the car on Sunday to do the best job possible. And looking at this year through a competition lens, do you look at it and say, man, it was a wild year in the sense you missed races because of COVID, a lot of races without qualifying and stuff, or has everything become so normal? You look at it and say, man, this was the year where like Harvick didn't make the finals even though he won nine races. Yeah. I mean, I think of it more from just the general change of the sport this year and, and how nimble uh, NASCAR was to, to be able to get us back racing, you know, be one of the first major sports back after uh, the pandemic hit uh, their willingness to be open to changes, not necessarily saying, well, this is the way we've done it for a long time. We have to have this uh, to compete. Uh, they were willing to make changes. And for me, that was a game changer from my perspective. And, and certainly there's some things that are going to linger on for years to come uh, because of what we've learned through this whole process. So, uh, yeah, it's been a different year. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, this week in general is different. I mean, you know, I used to, you know, hate media days. It was so long and drug out and just such a pain from a driver's perspective, but you know, as you get older, you start to understand and, and appreciate that, you know, these are the moments that you, you really got to let sink in because this to me is, this means you had a successful year. It's not whether you win this weekend or not. 
your year is based off of, you know, the championship is not necessarily a indicative measuring stick of your whole year. If you get to the final four, that is a measuring stick that you've had a successful year. So uh, this is going to be a, you know, a, a great weekend that we're going to live with the result no matter what it is. And, um, you know, I just want to enjoy it and, and have fun with it. And, you know, it's different, but we've adapted all year. It's not, it won't hurt us to, to adapt for one more week. Thank you, Bob. Next up, Jenna Fryer. Hey, Jenny, uh, you said as soon as you got out of the car the other day that you felt bad for Harvick. I'm wondering now that you've reflected on it, do you wish you were racing him Sunday after the back and forth season you two have had, or are you glad to have him out of the way? Well, I still think I'm going to have to race him. I mean, he I, until someone proves otherwise that they're going to win the race but not be part of the Final Four, I'm going to assume you're still going to have to beat all 38 guys to win, and Harvick is one of them. Um, I I continued to have conversations with with Kevin this week, uh, you know, just talking about the season and kind of, you know, it's unfortunate that we weren't able to go head to head and and things like that. Even though we will, it's just different, right? I mean, we always this most of the year we kind of looked at it's head to head, me and him, right? Uh, I think obviously he, he, in my mind, he was deserving uh, of of racing for a championship, but didn't earn it because of the, 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 the system, right? He had a couple mediocre uh, finishes, not races, but just finishes. And it didn't allow him to move on, even though he's, he's put together just a, you know, a unbelievable season. So, you know, we've had those conversations and certainly uh, I'm not going to view if we win it any different, you know, that any different, whether he was in or out, I guess you could say, uh, I feel proud that, we made it, and this was a this is a, a great accomplishment for our team, and and we're obviously very worthy uh, of the championship if we if we if we did get it done. Were those conversations with Kevin? Kevin were those by text and or phone? And how is he handling this? Well, I'm sure he's frustrated. I mean, who wouldn't be? I mean, I've you know I talked to Rodney, I talked to uh, Kevin, and yeah, I mean I I understand their pain. I mean, it easily could have been the other way around, right? And they're sitting there and they're, you know, talking to us about, you know, man, it sucks. You know, you guys deserve it, and but you're not there, right? So it could have went either way. But uh, luckily we were on the good end of it. But certainly I, I understand, I can understand the, uh, uh, the, the, the pain they probably feel. And, but, you know, they, I don't think that anyone, it, it would be hard for me to say, and you probably should ask them, but, would they take a three-win season and making it to the Final Four, not winning a championship over nine wins, and not making the Final Four? I wouldn't. I would take the nine wins, move on. It's been a great season. Thank you, Danny. Yeah. Thank you, Jenna. Next, our question from Claire B. Lang. Thank you. Danny, Dale Earnhardt Jr. said that the mental part is the main part he sees because you guys are so evenly matched that somebody, some team will self-destruct or crumble. I know you can identify with that on any team as you compete for the highest level of the championship of the NASCAR Cup Series. But as the quarterback of your team, how do you, you talked about golf and, you know, being loose and staying away from it. How do you help or do anything to prevent that mental 
crumble, that mistake, that overthinking kind of issue? I would say from my perspective, it's just focusing on what I can control and not anything else. Uh, it's not up to me to make the strategy call. It's not up to me to, um, you know, prepare the race car, put the setup in it. It's up to me to drive it to the best of my abilities. It's up to me to prepare for the weekend uh, like I've been preparing uh, all year long. So all, all I can do is, is control, uh, you know, what I can control. And, and I will live the res with the result no matter what that is. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's where you – where things can get sideways is when you start second guessing yourself. And, and I certainly think that, uh, you know, I, I, I feel from my perspective, I won't second guess any moves that I make. And last year I had no regrets. Um, really the last two times I've raced for championships, I've, I've had no regrets. I mean, our strategy call in 2014, staying out with nine laps to go when, you know, we were running good in the race anyway, we didn't need to, you know, that wasn't my decision, but it, it was their team's decision. I did the best I could driving and it came up short. And last year, same thing. I did the best I could driving and our play <laughs> didn't work. So it's just, um, I feel better about knowing that, uh, what my capabilities are. I know what I know. And I also know what I don't know. And so what I don't know is, is that, um, I, I, it's not up to me to, to, try to do other people's jobs and prevent them from making mistakes. Let, let everyone do what they need to do. And it seems like you have a healthy attitude where you're talking about, Hey, getting to the final four is the key thing. Whatever happens then happens. You you've been saying that all along, but it doesn't seem like you're just saying that it does not seem like you're just saying that uh, in believing that, do you think you take the stress away uh, because you're not putting too much stress on yourself, but I don't think you're faking it. I think you're doing that because you honestly believe it. I do believe it. I, I believe that, you know, and the reason I believe it this year is because I believed it last year and I knew how I took last year. Like I, I moved on like I, literally days after, like I was over it. Like, man, we didn't win. That sucks. We still had an awesome year. I mean, this is, you know, I, I don't, it can't be overlooked that like this is two years in a row. We've won the day turn of 500 and made it to the final four. So I, I, it's just that I'm, I'm happy with where we're at. We won one more race than we won last year at least. We win this weekend. We tie my career high. Um, I, it's, you know, we're, we're in a good place. We're not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, and, and we're going to just uh, – listen, I, one quote is, is that, you know, I can't – I have to live with the result. You know why? Because I can't change it. So – uh, I have to live, live with it no matter what, and uh, you can't harp on the past. Thanks for sharing some of your time, okay? Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. All right, thank you, Claire. Next up, Lane Casadante. Hey, Danny. Greetings from Richmond, hometown. Um, happy birthday in a couple of weeks, and you know the reason why I know it specifically. Um, with all of your success at Phoenix – and you've done very, very well there in the past. What are the variables, the new variables at Phoenix that kind of give you just a little bit of pause maybe heading into this weekend? Things that, you know, you can't account for until you actually get in the car. Well, I, you know, there's, there's certainly some disadvantages. Um, one of them is, is self-inflicted is that we didn't have the spring race to, to test. Um, where I think we're really good as a race team is adapting from one race 
early in the year to adapting and making adjustments and being better at that race in the second time around. I got in a wreck so early in the spring that I tore up the car and we didn't get, we didn't get any good data to, to base the setup off of. So we're going to have to go from scratch there where, you know, my competitors ran, you know, pretty much all the race and, and got some good information. Uh, but I mean, Hey, that's what computers are for, right? I mean, I give my best shot, my best guess of what we need to work on and, and let the, uh, let the guys at JGR figure out what, uh, what they need to put under me. But, you know, what, that's one disadvantage. The other is that, you know, we can't lean on last year's success and last year, the aerodynamic package was completely different on the car. So you, you can't take any past results and apply them to this weekend whatsoever. In my mind, I think it's just, uh, it would be naive to do that. When you win on Sunday, there are a boatload of people still up there that up here that follow your every move and that were there when this all kicked off so many years ago. Uh, I know you don't want to be, you want to be superstitious, but I mean, plans to bring the trophy up here and celebrate with a lot of those people if, you know, and when you are fortunate enough to finally bring it home. <laughs> Certainly. Uh, you know, I'm one of those, you know, Stanley cup guys where I never, I don't like to touch the trophy before you actually win it. So I never actually touched a, uh, uh, a uh, NASCAR cup series uh, championship trophy. So I want to be able to touch it. Congratulations. Good luck. Congratulations on a great season and good luck Sunday. All right. Thank you. I drank out of the Stanley cup one time, but I figured I wasn't really jinxing any opportunity that I might have in the future. So, um, all right, next up, Dustin long. Thank you. Um, Denny, I'm just curious with this, the, the finale moving to a short track uh, or shorter track and, and the, the potential for contact closer competition, in one sense, what is the a driver's discussion with the devil uh, about what they'll do and 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 you know at the end of the race and what what with what's at stake? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone. I answered this question earlier, and I and I think that everyone's got their own etiquette that they play by and their own internal rules in which they play by. Um, I think I'm a, a probably more a little more of a purist than what some of the younger guys that come into the sport now uh, are. I mean, you see, you know, truck races and Xfinity races and you know, guys just kind of running all over each other. Um, you know, that, that might just be the way new racing is now. Um, I don't know, but it's just not the way that I, I saw it, you know, back in the day. And so I, I modeled myself after, you know, guys that, you know, really kind of took care of their equipment and uh, appreciated the pure side of things. You know, you work a guy over, you know, the art of working over a pass, like, is such a beautiful thing if you can get it done. And so, you know, nowadays it's just like uh, you just get frustrated after two laps and you just knock the guy out of the way and move on. Uh, and you don't even have to say sorry later. It's just, it just becomes, you know, expected. So uh, certainly I think within this Final Four, everyone will have their own feelings about, uh, you know, what they think is uh, allowed and what not. Uh, but we've seen, you know, people within this, um, you know, group also make aggressive moves and, you know, everyone else is there watching. So it's like, well, it's, you can't, can't be mad if it, if it comes back around to you because, you know, you, you've done it in the past. So, so you kind of give that open in, invitation uh, when you see that. But um, again, it, I won't race any particular person differently based off of any ethics that they have or, or lack of. Um, I'm just going to race the, the purest race I can run, and hopefully it's enough to win. 
Also, with uh, this week having the opportunity to have guests, uh, I'm assuming will you have your your daughters with you this weekend, and if so, what will that be like to have them there at the track for probably the first time in most throughout the year? And also, will uh, will Jordan be uh, in Phoenix this weekend? Um, I, I I just talked to him, and and I don't think he has plans to come out here. Uh, I, I'm not. I I don't know. I mean. He's got his own player in plane. He can do whatever he wants to do. But, uh, you know, kids, yeah, the plans to, to have my kids out, that's going to be fantastic. If anything, just to, you know, spend time with them. And, you know, one of the great things about, you know, our schedule has been this year is that we've been able to fly in, fly out. So, you know, we've had more time at home to, to spend with family. So certainly uh, I've got some key people that uh, family and friends that uh, are going to be here. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it stinks that you're kind of held to a certain limited number, but I kind of understand uh, how it all works. And certainly, uh, you know, I'm just appreciative to, to be able to at least bring uh, some family. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. Thank you, Dustin. Next up, Mr. Gluck. You know, it seems like a lot of the end of your stage wins this year, you'll do something like either let a guy stay on the lead lap, maybe let somebody back on the lead lap. So I assume you're, doing that for a reason to stack up those favors is this now when you cash those in are you expecting to get more room um on sunday um i believe there's checks and balances i believe that there's as what me and my friends call a friendship bank uh you have deposits and withdrawals we talked about this last year um yeah i mean i've i've cut a lot of competitors breaks uh especially at the end of stages letting guys stay on the lead lap and things like that. And yeah, sure. You hope it comes back around, but there are no promises of that. I mean, drivers has really, really short memories um, depending on whether it's good or bad for them. But, you know, I believe I'm in a very good position with my competitors that, you know, I've, you know, I've cut breaks too, um, but not everyone will see it that way. I mean, so, and that's okay. I mean, I, I'm going to go out there and try to earn it. Uh, any way that I can, the easy way, the hard way, but certainly I believe that when it comes down to the final race and I've seen it in the past, that if, if you, if you're typically a guy that um, carries favors with people, I notice in the final race, they, they cut your brakes. So I, I try to, I try to put as many deposits as I can throughout the year when it really doesn't cost me much. Uh, but it would be a, a benefit for them to hopefully, uh, you know, get, get that in return. But if I don't, I, I definitely don't hold, hold any grudges whatsoever. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Next up, Kelly Crandall. Thank you. Hi, Danny. I have two quick ones. The first, Chris had said earlier this week that this is kind of a good place for you guys to be in, in the sense of you had to go out and win this, this clutch race at Phoenix last year, just to get to Homestead. So do you agree that this is kind of a favorable position? It can kind of be a rallying cry for this team going this weekend that you guys have done this before at this track. Yeah, we have. And, and listen, last year was way unexpected. I expected to go there and run good, but not, I mean, the race goes green. I We had, <laughs> a realistic chance to lap the entire field. And we were just so fast and the car was unbelievable that I couldn't believe what I was driving. And I just, uh, you know, I know that our team was capable of it. It's like, wow, you know, they, they needed to bring it and they brought it. And, and I have no doubt that uh, this weekend will be no different that, uh, 
every effort will be put on us uh, as it was last year when we had to, uh, you know, lock ourselves in. Um, it's a little different this year in the final four being that all the resources within JGR, we've got working on our race car and, and focusing our rate on our race car. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's encouraging for me to especially go to a track that we had to win last year and got it done to, again, this year having to win to get it done. And secondly, just curious, how will this be different in showing up and racing and not having to go through a weekend worth of nerves, so to speak, with practice and qualifying and all the activities that normally surround a championship weekend? It's different. I mean, you know, it's just different. Yeah, I don't know whether I like it better or worse, but certainly um, – you know, to me, there's less pressure because you don't have, you're not around all these people all the time asking you or saying good luck or whatever, you know, I'm just hanging out with friends and, and family and whatnot and enjoying the weekend, uh, enjoying the weather. And just for me, just going to relax and, and have a great weekend. Um, we're we're going to have a great weekend no matter what. And, and so I think that uh, it certainly is different, you know, being able to just kind of show up and race. Now, Things are a little different because you got some, I guess, a few more media hits uh, before the race starts where typically on race day this year, uh, it's been just show up and get in the car and go. But uh, yeah, it will still have that, you know, weird feeling of, of, you know, is this, is this really the big moment or not? All right. Thanks, Kelly. Uh, next question from Alex and Hey, Denny. Um, so I have two questions. First, you, you mentioned the Friendship Bank and you mentioned that you talked to Kevin Harvick. And so I'm curious if you think that, you know, how he races this weekend, does that does the Friendship Bank sort of apply to him or because of the situation? You know, do you expect him to be running like he's running for a championship or do you think he's going to still give you guys some room? Uh, I think Kevin's always been really fair as far as um, – being fair to the competitors and being respectful uh, when it's either his day or not his day. I suspect, and I would think that they probably come loaded and, you know, ready to go out and show that they should be champions. Right. And I don't expect him to waffle around and just kind of let all four of us go race, race for it. Uh, My guess, if if I had to predict, it would be that those guys are going to feel vindictive and want to go out there and, and beat up on everybody. So uh, I don't expect any favors, um, you know, from, from anyone, like I said, but certainly I think if I had to guess from their perspective, it's going to be, let's show this group that we're, we're really worthy. And then you, you talked about midseason sort of being racing smarter and you felt like that was something that had changed this year versus seasons past. And so I'm curious if you still feel like that's continued through this playoffs and if you feel like that'll be a difference maker in potentially winning a championship. Yeah, I mean, I think the mental side of things is is a big part of winning. Um, and, you know, there's a reason why, uh, you know, the winners and the champions of this sport, you know, are, are aged. Uh, I just think that, you know, there's – with everything so close, whether it be the equipment, you know, the, the cars, the pit crews, everyone is so close that as a driver, you have to find an edge anywhere you can. And if it's on the mental side, that's where you – that's the biggest gap that you can make up is – is going out there and get a, a getting a mental advantage or being smarter than your competition. Uh, I don't claim to be smarter than them, but I, I just want to work hard and make sure that if I'm as informed as I possibly can be, uh, be prepared for anything that gets thrown my way. And um, as you get older, you, you learn to identify mistakes that you made in the past that 
you you now need to account for when you're when you are working towards being a champion. So, like I said, I've had so many failures that it's it's created a, a logbook of things that I need to be aware of this time around. So, certainly, I believe that there's something to being uh, you know older and and the mental side of things and having that advantage. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Alex. Next up, John Newby. Thank you. So heading into the weekend, everyone's talking about Chase maybe getting his first trophy, talking about Brad and Joey getting their second. The only time they're really talking about you is to talk about how your team has struggled a bit during the playoffs. Does this give you an underdog mentality, and do you think you can sneak up on some people now? Uh, not really. I don't think that our, under, our, our, our competition underestimates us at all. I think our results haven't been very good uh, over the last 10 weeks, but I think our performance has been good. So they, they're not mutually excuse, exclusive. So uh, I think that they're, you know, when you have so many element, elements that goes into your finishing position, you have to have all of them aligned for it all to come together to equal one. Um, but I think our on-track performance has been, you know, I think through the playoffs, we've led as many laps as we've, if you average it all out, we've led as many laps and won as many races. Well, maybe not won as many races, but been in contention to win just as many as we have all year. So um, I don't think anyone kind of, I think it's unlikely anyone considers us an underdog, especially our competition. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Davey Seagal, you're up. Thank you. Denny, you touched on it early on, uh, but getting here to the Final Four is a successful season in your mind. Can you expand on that a little bit for me? And do you think in this specific era, championship four appearances may mean more than the titles themselves? Well, I think the titles will always mean more because it's, okay, not only did you get to the Final Four, you also beat your competition. So it will always hold a little bit higher regard. But certainly, I believe that there's validity in saying that a championship four appearance is a successful season. Um, I know that it's our goal for our 11 car. When we put on, on, the, on the chalkboard of what we need to get done this year, it's always make it to the final four. It's never win a championship. It used to be win a championship because you had to put all those other pieces of the puzzle together to win a championship because it was a, it was a 35, 36 week body of work when you get to the final four it means okay you, you made you're in the top 16 you've made through the rounds and and you, you put yourself it's, it's more of a to me an idea of of your season and how it's gone when I look at the final four every one of these guys are, are worthy I don't think anyone you know you know faked their way through these playoffs when it comes to the, the competition that we're going to be up against uh, it's a very worthy four and um you know, but certainly I think that our goal is always to make the final four. It's never to actually win the championship. That's just a very hard goal considering it's just one race. And there's so many X factors that um, you can be perfect. You know, usually when you're perfect, you're, you determine your own outcome, but in racing, you can be perfect and there'll be a crash in front of you and you're done. It's, it wasn't your fault. Your team did everything perfectly. But it, it's, it's – so you have to kind of gauge. You can't just put your all your eggs in, in, a, in a last race championship basket of whether your season was a success, uh, a success or not. Got it. Thank you, Danny. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. Stephen Toronto, next. 
Kenny, there's a very legitimate argument to be made that you're the greatest active driver without a championship. And whenever we talk about greatest driver to never win a championship, we usually talk about Mark Martin. Do, do you think it's uh, unfair for that to be out there or for you to be compared to Mark Martin in that sense? Or considering the career that you've had to date, is it almost a compliment to be compared to a Hall of Famer like Mark? Uh, I, I, I've said for a year now that I never would consider any comparison to Mark Martin an insult. I'll take those comparisons all day because the guy's a badass race car driver that nobody wanted to face week in, week out. Nobody, not Dale Earnhardt, no one wanted to face Mark Martin. So, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, it's the you know, championships, uh, I get it. It's very, very important. It's where I'm at the sport's highest level. Um, most people gauge um, your success level or how good you are off of championships. Uh, but I also know that, you know, my competitors <laughs> will, will probably say that, you know, I'm one of the toughest competitors and toughest guys to beat. And that's all I really care about is having the respect of them and, and knowing that uh, week in, week out, I can go and, and compete for race, race wins and knowing that, over the last two years, you know, ain't nobody won anymore. So uh, I, I like where I'm at. Understood. Thank you, Danny. Mm -hmm. All right. Looks like that's all the time we have. I'll end it by letting you know, uh, Denny, that Steve Latart is staying at a house that has a tennis court. So if you find yourself in a jam, okay. and you need a late night game, Latart's your man. I like it. Uh, I like to receive money. Nice. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for your time, Denny. Best of luck on Sunday. <laughs> All right. See y'all. Thank you. All right. Next up is Brad Keselowski, driver of the number two team Penske Ford. Here's what Brad had to say. Hey, Brad. Hey. All right. Okay. Now turn it over to NBC's Chris Navota. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, no, not yet. Not yet. Hold on one second. We got to play. Oh. Um, pause. Who who sent all of the uh, goodies? Well, that would, that would have been Matt Cheslock. Is he on here? I don't know if he is. Oh, well, thank you, Matt. I only ate half of them. <laughs> um, I don't think I was supposed to eat any of them, but it's me today. You and you know what? Food brings people together and takes grumpy people and makes them happy. So thank you, Matt, for knowing that I get grumpy when I'm hungry. Proceed. Sorry. I get that. What about the media? Guys, <laughs> not getting anything? You know what that is? If, if Clint Boer's on here, he'd say that's bullshit. So I'll say it for him. Sorry, guys. I, I still have some if you want to come here and share. I didn't touch them. Good deal. Krista, take it away. All right. Well, and if it's okay, we'll do it the, the same way we did before, where if um, once I call on you, I'll, I'll go ahead and sort of pause if you do have a follow up. Um, if not, if you could just say thank you. I, hopefully that worked well for everyone. Wait, um, Krista, you're the moderator? I am. I do not have a mute button as in political debates. So. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't think well, I'll, I'll work on that. I'll have my people get with your people. We'll yeah. see, <laughs> you know, and, um, but if, but that anyway. worked for, if that worked for everyone, we'll continue um, in that fashion. Just want to make sure everyone has an opportunity to, to, um, to ask their question for the time that we have with Brad. So I'll go ahead and just kind of uh, be the leadoff batter here, if we could. And Brad, it, um, the start of the playoffs, uh, first, we're joined, obviously, by the driver of the number two, Team Penske Ford, Brad Kozlowski. Congratulations on making the championship four. 
you sort of talked about a mantra at the start of the playoffs. You said, why not us? I want to know if that's still sort of your, your team's mantra. And um, if so, I'm going to flip it and say, why should it be you? Why will you guys win the 2020 championship? Sure. This is my leadoff. It's a two-part question. I, I got to process it because I, my memory is not that great and I'll forget it halfway through. So the first part, uh, yes, Krista, why not us? You know, I, I think, um, you know, like any team, you go through ups and downs throughout a year and um, we've had uh, some great ups. We've won four races. Before the playoffs had started, we'd won three. Um, were we as dominant as we want to be? No, no, we weren't. You know, you, I think you look at the things that Kevin Harvick did uh, mid-season, they were pretty phenomenal because there was a lot of credit for it. And, you know, I think there were a lot of people at that point in time in the season ready to just kind of start engraving the trophy. And uh, as you can tell, um, the way things ended up playing out, it's, it's not that simple. Um, and, uh, you know, it's the way the playoff format is designed. It's meant to, to not give any free passes, even though there are teams that uh, have performed really well uh, for the majority of the season. So uh, with that said, um, you know, I, I, our team is motivated. They're hungry. Um, I'm looking at a group of people, uh, and I think I'm the only one that's ever won a cup championship on the entire uh, team lineup. Uh, three of my guys that go over the wall come from my truck team. And I'm super excited for them. You know, I, I've been with them and helped them from kind of day one when they'd never pitted a race car before, and now here they are competing for a cup championship. It just gives me butterflies deep down inside. Um, I'm super pumped for uh, Jeremy Bowens, you know, and he came through the Xfinity team and uh, how he's grown and uh, just keeps getting better. Our, our communication is, you know, rock solid, on point, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I just, just feel really good about it. I want to win a championship, of course, for myself. But uh, as much as I want to win it for myself, I want to see the, the people I'm around get that opportunity like I had before. Uh, to enjoy it, to celebrate it. And so uh, the, they're encouraged, they're motivated um, and in a great spot. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for them. So uh, it's, it's good to see us fight through the adversity you know you're going to have in these playoffs. Uh, you know, we've gone through nine races. A few of them have gone really well. A few of them went really bad and a lot went right in between. Uh, and we, we've overcome the adversity and, and got this far. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to finish it off. Uh, I think our team is too. Uh, we know Sunday is not going to be easy. Um, don't know what's going to get thrown at us, but I'm sure something will get thrown at us. And when it comes at us, I'm uh, going to do the best I can, and I, I'm confident my team will too, to uh, brush it aside and, and move on and, and keep our head down on the goal to win the race and ultimately the championship. All right. We'll to go to a question from Bob Pachris. Yeah, Brad, looking at this year through a competition lens, do you look at it as the year that – you didn't, you had nine weeks where you didn't race and you didn't have practice or qualifying or have you, has it become so normal enough that you look back and be like, Oh, that's the year where Harvick won nine races and didn't make the final four. Yeah. I think come July or August there, Bob, that we reached a, a level of normalcy pretty quick. Uh, all right. This is the new norm. Uh, you know, it took a month or two to get established. I'm, I'm not going to say anything differently than that, but I, I think now it's almost going to be hard to go back to the way it was, to be quite honest. Uh, you know, I, I don't enjoy seeing people in pain. I know that at the very root cause of what we've done to the schedule and, and why we are where we're at is 
you know, a fair amount of pain for different people. And I don't enjoy that at all. And, and don't want anyone to misconstrue anything I say to that point. But conversely, I, I really enjoyed this year, enjoyed the schedule, enjoyed the chance to show the race track on any given weekend, have great cars, go out and win and not be sitting in the rust for three days, but just go hard and go compete. I enjoyed the Wednesday races and running two, three times a week. It felt like at times um, it, it was a really good feeling to, to get to do those things. And, and then also have some kind of normalcy to a life uh, with my family, you know, my, my wife and two daughters. So um, I hope that answers the question. That's how I felt. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, Bob. Next question, Claire B. Lang. Thank you. There we go. Thank you. Uh, Brad, Dale Earnhardt Jr. said that you guys are also evenly matched, that what will determine the championship is the mental part. Somebody will self-destruct or crumble during the process, and that will be the deciding factor. Do you agree with that? Yeah, it's hard to pick what the deciding factor is going to be, but I, I wouldn't doubt what Dale said. Um, you know, it, it's, there's going to be something that happens and someone's going to recover and someone's not. Don't know what it is, uh, but that's the reality. So I'd say that's a pretty astute analysis, Claire. He also said he thought Joey Logano had the lead on the mental side, uh, but I wonder where you think you stack up there, because truly we talk so much about performance and execution, but there's a lot of it right up here. Yeah, no doubt. You know, a large part of being a race car driver is mental. It's the approach, it's the preparation, it's the resiliency. Um, you know, the, those are mental things that manifest themselves into physical results. Um, you know, and it's hard for me to comment on any other driver's preparation. Um, I've got enough to prepare myself, let alone to critique against anyone else's preparation. But I know that I feel good about it. Thank you. Good luck. No problem. Thank you, Claire. For the next question, we'll go to Jenna Fryer. Sorry, it took me a second. Hey, Brad, you were pretty quick to call the election the other night. Um, I'm wondering, <laughs> I'm wondering if that's at all, if that's at all the same way people were to call people called Harvick a finalist, an automatic finalist. You could draw some parallels. You could draw some parallels, but um, hey, you know, it just shows we don't know what we don't know, right? Um, and and uh, you know, there's, there's the old saying that uh, you know, tell God your plans, and and he'll get a good chuckle so um anyway uh yeah I, I guess it probably the same could be said for uh this weekend for sure um you know it's interesting i uh i read bob pockers's article where he picked me thanks bob i, I appreciate that um uh, dale jr thanks joey logano that's that's news to me but that's fine um uh, maybe we're all wrong I, who knows what's going to happen that's why we race right that's why they, they we don't run the race on paper. We run it on the racetrack because uh, things happen and none of us really know what's going to happen. Uh, all we can really guarantee is our preparation and our effort. You, um, are, are, do you, can you sympathize for Harvick or are you glad you don't have to face him Sunday? Well, I mean, I think it'd probably be a little bit of both, right? Um, you know, I, I said this to someone and, and forgive me, I don't know who it was. It might be somebody in this room, but, you know, one of the all-time lows of my career was, winning six races, the most races of anyone in 2014 and not being eligible for the championship four. 
Uh, I'd gone to Martinsville and uh, broke a gear. Still don't know why it broke. Bad part. I don't know. Broke a gear and didn't have enough points to transfer. Uh, almost won Texas, and we know how that one played out. Uh, and boom, next thing I know, uh, I, I'm out of the, the final four after winning the most races. Uh, you know, it's, it's a helpless feeling. It's a frustrating feeling. But it, it, it's what the format is. It's what we all signed up for. Um, and so uh, I, I do feel those sympathies um, for him. Uh, selfishly, I'm, I'm glad that I won't have to compete against him uh, this Sunday in the sense of for the championship, but certainly for the race win. I expect them to be a large factor. Thanks, Brad. No problem. And next question will go to Jeff Gluck. Brad, are you going to be cashing in favors on Sunday? Do you expect to be given more room as a championship contender? I don't know if cashing in is the, the right word. I don't know if I have many of those uh, in the bank. Uh, hopefully you don't need them. You know, if you just go out there and execute, the car, if the team brings a great car, Driver does a great job, pit crew executes. We won't need any favors. And uh, I can't say I've been really thinking about that too much, Jeff. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, Jeff. We have a question from Dustin Long. Thank you. Um, Brad, I'm just curious, can you give me a sense of what the uh, discussion is like with the devil this week with going to a short track race? And uh, the, the more the of the devil. Uh, how, how is it for a driver to have a discussion with the devil in the sense of this is a short track race? There's a little bit more potential for to do something, maybe more so than than in Homestead and how a driver. Again, I know when you're in the moment, it just happens. But how a driver assesses, you know, and thinks about if they're in that position, what they're going to do and how far they, they draw line, that discussion with the devil on it. Yeah, I. You know, Phoenix is interesting because certainly it's not a mile and a half, but I know a lot of us lump it into the short track category. I, I don't know. It's certainly not Martinsville or Bristol. Uh, so, you know, it's somewhere in between those two, uh, no doubt. Um, I would suspect that there will be some kind of moment, to your point, where, you know, there, there'll be a, a little fender bender. Uh, how much? I don't know. A uh, lot, of, lot of reasons to you know, question that with the PJ one and everything going on. So um, I haven't put too much thought into that. Um, again, my focus is really on just getting in the lead and driving away. Uh, I hope we can do that and not have to worry about those things. Also, uh, obviously it's been well-documented. You've won uh, the last two races with this tire compound and, and done it in very dominant fashion. And though you were certainly uh, excited going into Richmond and felt very confident um, I guess two things. Do you share that confidence that you had going into Richmond this weekend and what happened at Richmond and New Hampshire? Does that really matter at this point? Well, I would say I feel pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had, I've had different conversations internally this week than I had the last time I was in the championship for, uh, that, you know, at their, most basic level come from a high level of confidence. Um, there's, there's nothing guaranteed, but I'm very confident we're going to go there and be very competitive and have a great shot to win the race. Um, that's what I can guarantee is, is that we'll be there. We'll be focused. 
my team's going to bring a great car and um, the, the chips will fall where they will from there. But uh, our preparation and, and all that will uh, is already at a very high level. And, and I feel good about that. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, Dustin. Next question, we'll go to Kelly Crandall. Thank you, Krista. Hi, Brad. Hello. Uh, Brad, two things. First off, is is it going to be any kind of a curveball? You've been to the championship for before. So how different or any type of a curveball it will it be to go in now without practice and qualifying, without going in a weekend through of nerves and just showing up and racing? Yeah, I, I think kind of back to what I was saying before, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Um, it's, we've been so good with it the rest of the season um, that it's become the new normal. And um, I'm cool with that, Kelly. I'm, I'm just ready to go. It feels so old school to me. It feels like uh, I when I first started racing and you would just show up at your, your local short track at Saturday at lunchtime and uh, there'd be a race at, you know, five or seven o'clock at night or a heat race and then the, the feature race. And that was it. Like you loaded up and you were home by one or two in the morning. It's so much like that now. And it's never in, in my years of cup been anything like that. Um, in a lot of ways, it's refreshing uh, because not just the family time, but because you don't have three days of sweating over every little detail of, all right, I need three hours to prepare for qualifying. And, and after that, I need an hour of studying. And then I got to go, you know, wake up at seven in the morning and, and have an 8 a.m. practice session. Oh, and the track's nowhere near the right condition. And uh, do we want to change the car setup? I don't know. I don't know. So-and-so's faster than us. Yeah, but the track's not right all these kind of mindless debates that you would have um, are kind of gone with this setting. I don't know if there was a lot of value in those um, that really communicated themselves to our fans uh, or communicated themselves to, you know, our, our fan base to where they generated, you know, some excitement out of it, but um, they're certainly gone. It's a little bit different. I'm not complaining. I'm glad to get the race. And secondly, you mentioned your team maybe not being here before. You might have been. You might be the only one who's who's been in this environment. How much of a leader will you have to be the rest of this week, and certainly going into Sunday to maybe prepare them, keep them focused, and not let the moment get to them? Yeah, I definitely feel the the weight on my shoulders as far as leading uh, the team, being the the, the the sole member that's won a cup championship before. There's also a great sense of pride in taking that, and I think. Uh, mutual respect that we all have for each other as a team accordingly. And that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm really relishing the position I have within my team right now. Thank you. No Thank you, Kelly. Next up, we'll go to Alex Andreev. Hi, Alex, your turn for a question. Hey there. Um, thanks, Brad. Uh, I guess, so d despite all of like the noise around the predictions of who's a favorite and who's going to win, and maybe you already answered this a little bit in Dustin's question, but do you personally feel like you're a favorite to win this race? Yeah, I don't know about the word favorite. Um, I think that means different things to different people. Uh, you know, I always think of it more from a sense of a gambling connotation. Maybe other people think of it differently. Uh, so I, I really hesitate to use that word because I'm a sports gambler. And uh, that's what I hear when, when people say that. Um, but I... I there's things I feel great about, like Dustin said, I, you know, I feel great about the tire, I feel great about the car we're bringing. Uh, this car and this tire combination, we've won the last two races. There's certainly some differences between Richmond, Loudon, and Phoenix. 
um, that maybe negate some of those advantages, uh, but that's okay. Um, my team has worked really hard and uh, I've prepared extra hard to, to be ready for the moment. So um, time will tell. And then do any of like the, sort of the predictions and stuff that you've seen before leading up to this race, does that serve to motivate you at all? Uh, I don't know. I don't really need external motivation, to be honest. Uh, and I really don't feed off of it. Um, you know, I enjoy when people have confidence in me. I, I, certainly that's uh, a pleasurable thing to experience, but it's not motivating to me. Um, what's motivating to me is usually, like I said, looking at uh, my family's faces and, and knowing that how excited they are to get to go to Phoenix. And um, that's motivating to me, my, my team and seeing them work so hard and, and knowing that, um, you know, their heart's in a great place. That's motivating to me. I think that's probably where I take the motivation from. Thank you. No Thanks, Alex. Next question will come from Taryn Wack. Taryn? Hi, Brad. Thank you also. Um, one question for me. Given how abnormal 2020 has been, would winning the championship, I don't want to say mean more, but feel different? Like, should there be an asterisk next to it? Yeah, you know, I think each champion has their own asterisks next to them. You know, there's each championship is one in its own unique way. Um, it's hard to say which ones mean more and, and which ones mean less. Um, you know, you can argue the formats play into that. You can argue external circumstances like COVID-19 play into that. You can certainly argue that uh, rules packages on the cars play into that. It's really hard, I think, to quantify championships and maybe they're difficult level or their earned level um, with everything that goes on over the course of a year um, or season. So it, it's hard for me to say that a champion this year would be any less deserving than any other championship. Um, I, I don't know if I see that. I do think there are years that a champion is more deserving than others. I think that most people would probably agree with that. But the reality is a championship is just that. It's a culmination of of work and effort that's led up to, you know, an overall title. Um, and, uh, you know, in that sense, uh, I don't want to undermine it. Thank you. No problem. Next question, um, John Newby. John? Thank you. So you've previously talked about how you're snake bitten at Phoenix, but you're heading there with a car that's won two races and it has the opportunity to be the fastest on the track. Is this the anti-venom you need? And will it be extra special to hoist the trophy at a track that you've struggled with historically? Yeah, it would. You know, it's one of the tracks on the circuit I've never won it. Um, I, I had a great shot of winning last spring. Uh, we got wrecked early, still managed to recover and lead a bunch of laps, win a stage, and uh, the yellows didn't fall our way towards the end. Uh, there was a yellow that came out, I think, with 60 or 70 to go, and we had pitted. 15, 20 laps earlier and didn't really feel like it was a smart move to pit right there because we only have one set of tires left and the way the yellows played out, we never got a chance to, to really take advantage of the set of tires we had left in the pits and ended up getting passed for lead by, you know, cars that had tires. So um, that was frustrating for sure. I feel like that one kind of slipped through our hands, but not necessarily because of anything we did wrong. 
uh, we had an opportunity, I think, to, to win there in the, the fall of 18. And uh, I made a, a small little mistake getting through traffic and we finished second. Uh, we had an opportunity to win there in 2012 and um, we were leading the race and just a year we won the championship or, or a week later, but um, we had a terrible pit stop and came out, you know, towards the middle of the field and didn't have enough time to recover. So, you know, I feel like I probably had two or three opportunities to win there and, and have been snake bit. Um, but the reality is um, overall, I feel like if you keep putting yourself in position that eventually it'll happen. I've been in position at Phoenix a number of times. Some of them I've messed up, just to be quite honest. I feel like we're due. I feel due to win at Phoenix. And um, certainly this year represents one of the best opportunities. Perfect. Thanks, sir, and good luck. No problem. Thank you, John. Next up, we'll go to Davey Seagal. Davey? Thank you, Krista. Brad, uh, last year there was some conversation regarding championship four appearances possibly being weighed more valuable in this specific era than championships themselves. I was curious where you stand on that and how valuable the appearances are versus the titles themselves. Yeah, the appearances are pretty big. No doubt about that. I I think, um, you know, I don't want to undermine winning the championship, but just to make it to the final four nowadays is a huge accomplishment. It's very difficult to do. Um, And so I would say that, uh, like anything, I have to be careful how I word this. People always ask me how important is the driver? And the easiest thing I can say to that is the team owners have already answered it. Uh, if you look at their annual budgets and how much they allocate percentage wise to their drivers, there you go. That's how important your driver is. And generally, a driver makes. 30 to 45% of a a team's annual budget. So that's how important the driver is. If you quantify how important the final four is, back to that same analogy, you kind of follow the money and and almost all the major team owners have, you know, uh, lended credence to that in in the driver contracts, um, whether that be bonus structures or, or whatever it might be. I think that's really intentional. I think the car owners are answering it for us. And the car owners kind of roll downhill from the sponsors. So the sponsors are answering the scores. And the sponsors, of course, play off of ratings, uh, you know, attendance and things of that nature. Uh, Specifically, you know, what kind of ROI they're seeing in their media numbers. So the media kind of has answered that question. And as you guys know, as members of the media, um, based off your own uh, metrics that you have, uh, the fans react pretty strongly to it. That's why there's such a great turnout here on uh, sessions like this is everyone's looking for great content to share with those fans because it's probably going to be consumed at a, at a fairly high level. Uh, long story short, I, I think we all have our own sense of how important it is to make the Final Four um, and how significant it is to our sport uh, across the different uh, stakeholders. Um, and... Uh, I'm right in line with that. Great. Thank you, Brad. No problem. Thank you, Davey. Uh, we have a question next from Jeff Megliosetti. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Krista. Thank you, Brad. Thank you for joining us. Congratulations. You know, the round of 12 didn't go your guy's way, but you followed it up with a stellar round of a two fourth place finish finishes and a sixth. 
What did you learn about your team during that process and how can you carry over the momentum to this final race? Thank you for joining us. No problem. Um, you know, I think probably the biggest thing, I think that was Jeff, um, probably the biggest thing I took out of um, the last round was from Martinsville itself. Um, I, I tried my best to treat Martinsville as though it was Phoenix. And, um, you know, in that sense, it was a cutoff race. Points were really close. Um, you know, I think I was only a few points behind Denny Hamlin. And if I knew that if I beat Denny Hamlin in points, that I would be okay to move on to next week, um, which was ultimately going to come down to, uh, you know, stage points in the finish where this week's just the finish. But ultimately we, we treated the race week or, or I treated the race weekend as though I was in Phoenix competing for the championship. And it felt a little bit like a dress rehearsal. And uh, I certainly learned a few little few things about me. I learned probably be careful on pit road towards the end of the race <laughs> uh, and, and don't, don't let your um, uh, aggressiveness get to you. Uh, and beyond that, the, the resiliency that this team has to, to keep pushing uh, when it counts. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, we have a question next from Greg Engel. Oh, hey, Brad. Sorry, I'm no with my uh, cable company. Um, <laughs> with the cable company, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, right. Um, I'm not. You're not a team owner anymore. Put on your team owner hat for and think about this um, for a second. Okay. With, with the no practice and no qualifying. Is that very financially advantageous to to a team? Is that something that that can say can be a really cost saving measure? Something that NASCAR has been trying to do for years. And would you like to see that continued on a consistent basis as we move forward? Um, yeah, obviously it's a huge cost saver. It's probably twenty to thirty percent of an annual team budget savings, uh, which is significant. Um, you know, it's hard to say uh, where the future will go there, but I wouldn't say there's probably some key lessons learned there that uh, will be applied to the future. Um, and, and I think we're just learning ways to operate more efficiently. I think that's a good thing. There was a second part to that question. I, I didn't hear it. I don't recall. Sorry. No, no, no. That, that was the, you, you exactly what I said. Um, I mean, they're going to do it some next year. But as NASCAR talks about the cost savings that they're trying for teams, you know, with the next gen car and all that junk, this is kind of something that's a little unexpected because obviously um, I, I'm sure that no practice, no qualifying wasn't factored into that until all of a sudden it had to be done. And now NASCAR and, and you guys can look and say, wow, we're, this is actually working and it's actually saving us money. So is that something you'd like to see going forward? Yeah, absolutely. I want to see more of it going forward. I think it's been great for everyone, um, you know, like I said, we were practicing at 9 a.m. in the morning. I think it was in Michigan for the last 10 years of my career. The track is, you know, a balmy 42 degrees, and the race conditions are going to be 80. Uh, you know, the speeds were, you know, 10 mile an hour faster than anything we'd see in the race. And we were just burning tires, burning engines, burning everything. And, uh, you know, I would look at my team and say, what are we doing? Let's just keep this thing parked in the garage. And they would look at me like I was crazy. Like, we can't do that. We've got a new da-da-da widget to put on the car. And we need to see how it performs. And you need to get on board with this. Yeah. Okay. And there we are out there at 9 a.m. in the morning running 215 into the corner. And 
just praying the right front tire stays on it, nowhere near the race conditions, and just burning gas, burning tires, burning engines, and probably even making a few fans mad because they had a good night in Michigan the night before, if you know what I mean, uh, and, and didn't want to hear loud noises that early in the morning. So, yeah, I, I think that needed to go. Uh, that was a good move. Uh, that's one I hope we keep uh, everybody won on that one. Uh, so I, I think the key is to, to find the scenarios where everybody wins. Certainly there's other scenarios where it doesn't work out. It doesn't make sense. Uh, whether that's new tracks we've never ran at before or uh, some kind of unique scenario uh, like the dirt track at Bristol. Yeah, I probably need a little practice for that. Um, but in, in totality, I think it's been really good for the sport. Well, thank you very much. Our, our time with, uh, with Brad is up. So I guess I'll just close by saying, if you win the championship, uh, are we going to see a, a glass the size of Rattlesnake Hill with some, uh, some chugging a beer inside? Uh, my that, wife, was pre-marriage, that was pre-marriage and pre-kids is why it I was. My, my wife has told me that uh, she will prepare the glass as long as I promise to drink responsibly. And we have a <laughs> deal. There's, there's a little backstory to it, Krista. Um, those people that know me know that I like to leave things as they were. And meaning that we located the glass from 2012. It still had beer in it, uh, a little bit on the bottom. Needless to say, that that was not uh, a pleasant sight, um, but it was authentic. Uh, so my wife is, is cleaning it as we speak. She's going to wrap it up, put it in a nice bubble rack box, and hopefully we'll be getting it out Sunday night. We look forward to seeing that should that happen. Thank you very much. Best of luck yeah. to you, uh, Brad, this Sunday. Appreciate you all. And to wrap up today's special podcast, we're going to hear from Joey Logano, driver of the number 22 team Penske Ford. Here's what Joey had to say. All right, everyone, as you can see, we're joined by Joey Logano. And actually, right now, I'm going to turn it over to Chris Devota with NBC Sports, who will be our host for today's media availability. Thank you so much. And we begin joined by the driver of the number 22, Team Penske Ford, Joey Logano. Joey, before we um, open it up to questions, I'm going to go ahead and just start out. This is your fourth championship for uh, appearance. That is incredible. Each year has a different a story, a different feel. What is your story this year as you go into um, to Phoenix for the championship race? How would you define or describe you and your team this year? I think, yeah, every year has its own, you know, personality that, that takes on. And um, honestly, I feel like this year feels a lot like 2018. And it's actually kind of funny because I think about, you know, 2018 where we had kind of a, the not the best summer uh, months. And then we, we kind of picked it up as the playoff started. We won Martinsville, which was the first race of the third round. It set us up to, to uh, race for a championship in Miami that year. Um, and it's funny because I brought this up to my guys, you know, uh, I don't know, a month and a half or so before the playoff started. And I said, Hey, you never know. You just got to keep fighting. You never know when the, the tides are going to turn. And, and next thing you know, you, you're up there in contention for, for winning uh, to win every week. And then also, you know, race for a championship. So, um, you know, we, we went from kind of, uh, you know, in the summer months, kind of searching for a direction to make our car faster uh, to being in contention to win. And now in, in my eyes, like I said, in, in 2018, feeling like you're the favorites by winning the first race in the third round. Uh, I honestly feel like that way again. So, 
Um, you know, interesting how it's kind of lining up to be the same. Hopefully it lines up to be the same all the way to the end. Uh, a lot of things can happen uh, between now and then, obviously, but um, I like our chances. I like where we're at and, uh, you know, we'll go down, uh, out there to Phoenix and give it a shot. So um, like I said, it just feels a lot like 2018 so far. Okay. We have a question from Bob Pockris. Bob. Yeah, Joey, when you look back on this year from a competition lens, will you look back and say, man, this was the year that guy with nine tight with nine wins didn't make the championship four, or will you still look back and say, man, it was just an abnormal year with nine weeks off and no practice, no qualifying, just racing. <laughs> Nothing's normal this year. Uh, you know, and that's what's presented so much opportunity at, at the same time to try to overcome the adversity that is that we're faced with. Um, whether that means it's no practice, whether, you know, like you said, having nine weeks off or sitting around wondering if we're going to go back racing again, what's the schedule going to look like? Um, so, so many questions, right? And, and then obviously, like you said, yeah, it, you know, you have one of the favorites to win the championship, one that we all probably thought was a lock to, to be in the championship for, not make it. Uh, so just an interesting year from, from that, that, um, standpoint, just all the way through. Right. And, and that's for us in the racing world. Imagine what it is for everybody. Everybody has a, a weird story this year, uh, that, that probably everyone's ready to get to the next year. Well, a lot of other sports, they, they had to change their seasons a little bit more than NASCAR. So do you feel that this champion is a, you know, is a very legitimate champion, no matter who wins? Of course, uh, we all have the same opportunities. Um, you know, the rules are the same for everybody. It's a, it's an equal playing field. Um, there's a trophy at the end of the day. Uh, we all had to go to the same amount of races. We all had the opportunity to score the same amount of points and amount of wins, um, and how you do it. The, the rules didn't change in the middle of the year. Uh, you know what I mean? Maybe our schedules change and, and the way we go about it, but it's the same for everybody. So honestly, Yes, the championship's a championship. doesn't matter if you won it in 2020 when you had no practice or you won it in 2019 or 2021. It doesn't matter. It's a cup championship. Thank Next you. Next question from Claire B. Lang. Claire? Thank you. You're not a warrior, Joey, at least on the outside. It seems like you've got this all in perspective, right? But when you do think about four drivers, all evenly matched, racing to the finish for a championship, do you worry? and if you do, what do you worry about? I don't worry. I think a lot, though. Uh, <laughs> there's plenty to think about and, and, and scenarios to run through. Um, you know, I think when you look at uh, the strategy of this race and what it can be, if you look back at the spring race, um, tires mean something, but also track position means something. And there's opportunities to, uh, you know, change up strategy uh, compared to the cars you're racing against. So, I, when you think of Miami in years past, you run three laps, you're putting tires on, right? It was, it was a no brainer. The, the pit calls were, were simple um, to where a lot of times just the fastest car was up front. And that was the fastest car that won the race. I can't say that that may be the case or not um, when we go to Phoenix, because like I said, you can drive through the pack uh, if your car is really good. Um, but you know, the, the question is, was when you have, 15, 20 laps on your tires. So what's the question, you know, what are you going to do? You putting tires on, you doing two, you staying out, uh, you know, what's your competitors doing? Those are the, those are the things that I think Phoenix is really changing up for this championship race and this battle ahead of us. That being a short track obviously changes a lot as well. So um, a lot of interesting uh, scenarios that, that can happen and we just need to be prepared for every one of them. 
Okay, you said you think a lot. How do you not overthink it? Are there times you have to turn the Joey brain off and say, stop, stop thinking about it? Yeah, I stay busy. <laughs> that's that's what I do. Um, and, and I'm pretty good at staying busy <laughs> in my life. So uh, especially with the kids running around, um, everything that, that, that life just kind of throws at you, right? It, it keeps you busy. So, um, you know, I, I kind of categorize what I do, you know, when I'm, when I'm working on racing, I'm all in on that. Uh, I shut that off. It's off. Um, and I'll, I'll go on to the next thing. So that to me helps me just kind of go through the day and, um, you know, and, and obviously it's kind of helps me sleep at night. You have next some fun. Question. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Claire. Next question, Jeff Gluck. Joey, obviously, you know, you have a reputation for being a hard racer and you ruffle feathers at times. Uh, I'm wondering if you're concerned at all that some guys will race you harder than they'll race some of the other championship contenders where sometimes we see in the championship race that guys kind of just like, yeah, you know, not necessarily pull over, but don't put up a fight. Uh, are you worried that they'll be putting up a fight when you try to pass uh, on Sunday? I just got to run my race. Um, you know what I mean? I, you got to continue doing what you've done to get to this point. What's been successful for, for myself as a race car driver, for us as a race team, the way we race, uh, we need to continue to do that. That's, that's what we'll continue doing. Thank you. Dustin Long. Thank you. Um, Joey, obviously with the, the, this moving to a short track, it kind of opens up the game to what more the athletes can do. Uh, obviously we've seen things happen at Martinsville and I'm curious how much of a temptation, how, how great is the temptation become uh, with being more aggressive, making more contact at uh, a Phoenix as opposed to what the mindset might have been at Homestead? Uh, it, it very well it can happen a lot easier, right? You've you seen what happened in Martinsville last week. I was, shoot, I was running fifth or so behind those guys in the beginning of the race, and they're rooting and gouging each other out, you know, 20, 30 laps into the race, and they're, they're running into each other. I'm like, oh, boy, like, this is going to be crazy. Um, and that was just to get into the championship for. Imagine what it's going to be for the playoffs so, or, or to win the championship itself in, the, in, in Phoenix. I, I don't know what that looks like. Um, obviously the opportunity, um, for contact is, is up compared to what it was at Miami. Um, cause cars can get to each other easier here. Um, I do think the line itself also is running higher on the racetrack. Um, you know, presents more opportunity for cars to, to go in low and, and, and try to pull a slide job or do whatever. Right. I mean, who knows? So, um, I'd say you're never safe. Uh, you know, so you just, Got to expect the unexpected and, and try to adapt to the situation around you. Um, be aware of what's going on around you. And, and just, and like I said, also stay focused on what makes you, you right. And makes, makes your team good and, and stay focused on those things more than anything. Is there a, um, is there a line at this point or at the end of the day, it's a championship and, you know, I know a lot of drivers have talked about it's it. The goal is to get to the championship for this can be the kind of the gravy because of the way this format is. Uh, is there a line in what you you do or don't do because there's so much at stake come Sunday? Uh, we'll just kind of have to wait and see. Um, you know, I, I, it, it depends on how things go during the race and where you're at, which strategy. And there's so many different, like I said, scenarios that can be played out. Um, who knows? So, um, like I said, you just got to focus in on, on you and, and running your race, um, and being aware of what's going on around you. But 
is, you know, will there be contact for a championship? Probably most likely uh, something like that will happen. Is there a line? Of course there's a line. Um, it's not the last race we ever run, right? Like, I'll be here for a long time. The drivers that are in this are also going to be in here for a long time. Uh, you know, so it's not like this is the, my farewell tour and I'm, and I'm going to be done racing after this and not have to worry about things again. Right. It's, it's not like that. So, um, you know, you, you still have to race with, with the future in mind as well. Thank you. Thank you, Dustin. Next question goes to Lee Spencer. Thank you, Krista. Hope you're doing well. And Joey, hope you're doing well and excited about Thanks. this weekend. Um, you and Paul are the only former champions uh, racing this weekend. You've won championships. He's won a championship with, with uh, Brad. Does that give you an advantage, you think, between the two of you going in? Uh, for sure. You know, I, I think anytime you've been in these situations before, you know how to prepare for them. Um, like you said earlier, been in the championship for us, my fourth time. I know it's coming my way. Yes. It's at a new track and, but I know what the week's like going into, I know how to prepare for it. Same thing for Paul, right? Paul's been in the championship four before he's won a championship with, with the other, um, you know, uh, uh, playoff format. Um, so, but he's been there in high pressure moments. He knows how to prepare for it. And we've had, like I said, we've had three weeks to think about it and to be ready for it. So, you know, with those things, I feel more confident than ever. Um, you know, I, I always go back to think about my first championship four round, uh, you know, back in 2014. And I remember crapping my pants. <laughs> how nervous I was. If I'm being honest, I was very nervous. I had everything on the line for the first time. I didn't know if I'd ever get back into the championship four again. I, you know, you just you didn't want to blow the opportunity. Right. You just wanted to make sure you made the most of it. Um, you know, and, and now going through it before knowing how to prepare for, for what's coming your way, that battle ahead of you and knowing that you succeeded before, um, you know, in the championship round, it really gives you some confidence to, to go out there and, and do your job. When the season started, we all, you know, kind of, I won't say we questioned Roger's decision to move you guys all around, but now having had an entire season, just about to, get acclimated to Paul and, and kind of figure out the personalities, the dynamics of the team and, and everything. Um, how would you, you know, kind of, I hate to say grade yourself, but where do you think that relationship is? Because you had such a, you know, solid relationship in the past with your team, you know, how would you rate this relationship with Paul and, and uh, I'll mute myself and thank you for your time. No, thanks Lee. Um, yeah. I would say, we've come a long ways and we have a long ways to go. Uh, and that makes me excited about what the future is. Um, you know, when I think about where we started the season, when we had practice, we've come out of the gates, we win a couple of races, we won a duel. Okay. Life's great. This is good. COVID comes along and we start going through quite the lull. We're, we're trying to figure out a direction on, on what we need to do with our race car to be faster. We don't have practice to figure that out. It became a real struggle and a real challenge to try to find a direction on where we needed to be. Um, and, and practice is not just practice and working hard. It strikes so many very um, good conversations that, that need to happen, right? To, to get to know each other, to know what I want in the car, um, you know, team dinners, team outings, things like that. Those are so important to me to do with my team and get to know the guys that are working on my car. Um, and, and that's been one of the things that's just frustrated me about this whole thing is that you feel like your hands are tied because you can't, you can't go and do the things that 
I felt like made me very successful in the past. And especially with a new team that made it even harder. Um, so I feel like over time we've really uh, connected and, and, and being able to, you know, like I said, go through that trench a little bit in the summer months and now uh, making that climb to try to get to the top of the mountain and getting pretty, pretty close to it. Uh, you know, makes me feel very confident about where we are. I'm probably even more excited about 2021 uh, than what we've done so far, because I feel like we've got uh, a long road ahead of us uh, of being able to become more and more successful as we uh, keep getting to know each other and, and seeing the growth that we've had towards the, the end of the season. Thank you, Lee. Next question is for Jenna Fryer. Hey, Joey, I'm wondering if that win at Phoenix in March seems like 10 years ago and if anything <laughs> from that time translates, if you can use anything from back then. Oh, we could definitely use a lot. It does feel like a long time ago uh, when we were out there uh, and so many things have happened since then. I think that's why. But um, yeah, I, you know, I, there, there's definitely things you can go back on. And, and, and really, that's all we have, to be honest with you. Uh, we don't have the opportunity to try many new things um, without practice, right? You, you don't want to go too far outside of the box. You know it works for you in the spring. We had a very fast car. We overcame a lot of adversity and still won the race. Um, so it just showed that we had a, a, a very good car. We can make some tweaks here and there to the setup probably and, and, and some things that we feel very confident in will be better but we're not going to step way outside the box. Um, so it, it's just kind of what we got is to go back to, even though it feels like a year and a half ago when we were out there. Um, but that's really what we have to go back on. It's just our notes from that race. And is there any, um, I, I, I don't know how to phrase this is, do you have any um, sympathy for Harvick not being in the finale after the season he had? Um, I tell you, as a competitor, you're, you're, you're so focused on you. Right. And, and, and I honestly, um, <laughs> as a competitor, I don't have many feelings for others. I, and I don't mean that in a mean way or anything like that. I, I do outside of the car, but when I'm competing, it's about my team. I've talked to you guys about sports, but my team is about winning, um, for me, my sponsors and the, and the, the hundreds of thousands of people, uh, they have an impact on making our car go fast one way or another. That's what it's about to me. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously you can put yourself in, in his shoes and say, man, you've won this many races and, and, and not being in it. It's surprising. I can only imagine the frustration, uh, of that situation, but it is the playoffs and it is what it is at this point. Um, you know, and, and, and yeah, I would be disappointed if I was him, but I think at the same time, you got to look at the season he had and, you can't be disappointed with that many wins, right? I mean, Jesus, so many wins that, that he was able to collect this year and, and, and be in the fastest car for, for the majority of the season. But the playoffs are, are a different, different game sometimes. And, um, you know, just see when you have a, a couple not as good races, it, it changes the, the dynamics of the playoffs. Thanks, Jay. Thank you, Jenna. Next up, we'll go to Alex Andreev. Hey, Joey. Thanks for your time. Um, you know, you mentioned feeling confident now, being nervous during your first appearance. And I'm wondering how important is confidence to winning a championship? Everything. Um, believing in yourself. Right? Our tagline the whole time uh, since this playoff started, uh, we came up with, I, I came up with a list of six or seven things that I thought was the most important things for a team to be able to rally behind. And I, I brought that list to Paul and I said, 
what is the most important thing on this list to you to what that makes a great team, right? These are the things we had to do to try to become a, a stronger team. And, um, he, he saw the word believe and he said, that's, that's the biggest thing. He says, so we got to believe in each other. We got to believe in ourselves. We got to believe we can win. We got to believe we're the best, um, being humble enough to still to work and find gains, but believe in, in, in us. Uh, and that was, uh, the, the word that we've all rallied behind. I've been wearing the mask all season long or all playoff season long. And that's, that to me is what was, has been able to really, um, been that thing that kind of powers us forward and, and, you know, believing is confidence, right? It's the same thing. Do you feel like you're a favorite to win this weekend? Mm-hmm. I do. Thank you so much. Good luck. Thanks. Thank you, Alex. Next question will go to Kelly Crandall. Thank you. Hi, Joey. Um, going back to what you said about knowing how to prepare, having been here before, is it how much of a curveball do you think it will be the fact that none of these none of these four teams are going to show up and have a weekend to work through and build up to the championship race. Now it's fly in and it's go time. Yeah. The practice was always nice because you got out there, you got to tune on your car, you made a couple long runs, you kind of got to know uh, what you're going to have for the race and and you can really build your strategy on what you have for the race, right? If you know you're a, a fifth place car, you can build strategy around that. If you know you're the winning car and you're the fastest car out there, okay, like you, you know you got that and, and that'll change your strategy to it. We don't know what we have until the race starts. And we've been racing this way ever since we've gone back, but uh, it makes it feel a little different when you're going into the championship round, uh, wondering how you're going to be. I don't know. Right? Like you, you don't know. I, I do know for whatever reason, every single time we get to the, the final race of the year, the championship four, the fastest four cars, and I'm almost certain one of them's going to win. Um, I know it's a different track, but every single time you have to win to win the championship. Uh, I don't see that being different in, uh, on Sunday, but uh, like I said, different racetrack, a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different things can play out. Like I said, strategy can be different, um, you know, and, and just everything that, that uh, Phoenix brings. So it can be different, but I can promise you all four of us are going to be pretty good and probably have to be around each other quite a bit during the race. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Um, next question, we'll go to Davey Siegel. Thank you, Krista. Joey, last year there was some conversation regarding championship four appearances being weighted potentially more valuable in this specific era than championships themselves. Where do you stand on that and how valuable title appearances are versus titles themselves? Um, I think titles are the most important thing. I, I think at any sport you look at, the question is how many championships do you have? Not how many times have you made it to the finals? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I take some pride in saying that we've made it to the championship for as many times. Like that's, that's great. Um, it shows a body of work uh, throughout the year. And, and I know it comes down to one race and it's all or nothing. Like I, I get that, but the trophy is, is what it's about. Um, I, I ask this question all the time. You know, anyone remember who finished second last year? Cause I don't, I honestly have no clue who finished second last year or third or fourth. Uh, we're, we're even, who was in it? I know I wasn't in it. <laughs> that's, that's what I know. Uh, I, so when I look at it that way, it's about the championship. It's about the big trophy. That's all anybody remembers. Everyone remembers Kyle Busch won. That's, that's all I remember. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Davey. Next up is Jeff Maglioschetti. 
Thanks, Krista. Joey, you had that stretch during the summer where, you know, it was from, I want to say, Homestead to about Texas, where, you know, you guys had some tough luck, then you then you got back into it. So what was the message to the team back then? And how important was it that you guys had that message that you talked about of believe? And how did it power you through that tough stretch and eventually work your way into a lucrative fall? So mainly the biggest thing was, hey, this is what we got. This is who we are. Um, we will figure this out. Uh, the, the message was, is we've all been successful, right? We've all won races, maybe not together as much as, as, as you know, they have in the past. Um, but I've won races uh, and all of them have won races, uh, you know, and, and won championships. So it, we know what we're doing. We just have to find the magic formula uh, that makes us work together. Um, and that was the biggest piece. Um, so obviously we you know the word believe is what we, we rally behind, um, you know, behind that as well. Like I said, believe in each other in that way. But, uh, the, the, the message was at that moment was we know how to do this. We just gotta, you know, uh, stay confident in, in ourselves, which is, it's hard to do at times. So I'm not going to get wrong. I, I know I, I say I'm a confident person. I really am. And I, I'm a silver linings person, but I'm also a realist at times where, you know, the bottom line is, you know, that result that you get on Sunday, we get that every week on how we did. We know exactly where we stand. It's hard to sugarcoat that sometimes, um, you know, but we, we needed to stick together and, 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 and find what, what we can do to be better. And I feel like we've done a good job at, at doing that and having those hard conversations and, 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 you know, asking the tough questions, those things is what pulls you out of it. And, you know, you're fighting for a title with your teammate, Brad, this week. Uh, Ryan Blaney's been running really well, and Austin Sindrick will be joining the fold soon. So how excited are you about the present and future over at Penske, over at Penske Racing? I'll turn it to uh, the rest of you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, for, for me, you know, Team Penske is, is it's my home. Uh, I've been there for, for a long time now. And, you know, being able to um, have a leadership role in the, in the company really, you know, makes me take a lot of pride uh, in, in the fact that, hey, we got a 50 percent chance of winning a championship this year. Right. And I think that the, the guys at the shop really take a lot of pride in that. And they should. Uh, and then also with Austin and the Xfinity championship, right? I mean, it, it's, that's a really big accomplishment to, to be able to achieve. Uh, we've never done that before. So, um, you know, it, it's any way it ends, no matter what, it's been a successful season to put ourselves in, in position to try to win. Um, you know, so uh, I, I'm proud of that. And, and a lot of adversity had to, we, we all had to overcome uh, to get to this point. So um, yeah, I'm excited about that and excited what the, could be coming our way next year. Like I said earlier. We have just a few more minutes with Joey. We'll uh, take a question from CJ Radoon. Hi, Joey. Thanks for your time. Uh, you said earlier that you feel you are the favorite. Uh, why is that? Is it because you won at this track? Is it because you have the experience and the experienced crew chief? Is it because of your speed all season? Uh, Chase has the momentum. What's given you that feeling? Thanks. You said that you answered the question for me. I don't even have to say anything to that. <laughs> uh, I think the experience is there. Uh, the speed is there. Um, you know, I think the, the mentality uh, of the way we race is there. Um, and, and, and I truly believe that we're the favorites to win this thing. And, and I, like I said, that's important to me uh, to feel that way. And I, I feel like I have real things to back that up, um, which, which is good. So 
Um, yeah, you kind of answered the question for me as you're talking. Thank you, CJ. And we'll go ahead. We have time for one more. Uh, Cole Cusimano will wrap things up with Joey today. Thank you, Krista. Hey, Joey. Uh, Team Penske has been the class of the field at these flat, one-mile, low-downforce tracks. What makes you guys so good at these types of tracks? And would you be surprised if a Penske car wasn't in victory lane come Sunday? I don't know how to answer that one um, exactly what it is. Um, you know, it's, it's a package that you have to put everything together to be successful at a, at a certain type of racetrack. Um, you know, it, it could be set up. It could be body builds. It could be just car builds, chassis builds, um, everything, you know, that goes into, you know, engine packages or, you know, where your or, you know, tire pressures, it goes down to the, the, the little things, right. It's not like it's one thing that stands out and goes, that's why we're good at flat one mile racetracks, right. It's not there. Um, there's, there's a hundred different things that can play into that. Um, you know, and, and I also think that, you know, the, the 11 and the nine are going to be fast as well. I, I don't think it's going to be like someone's going to get out there and check out and drive away. I, I think everyone's going to be fast. Everyone's going to be there no matter what. I mean, it's happened every year that the top four cars in this championship round are probably going to be the top four cars on the racetrack. Um, you know, so it, 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 I don't see that changing, um, even though this has been kind of our bread and butter type of racetrack. Uh, I, I do think it's, it's not going to be something that's handed to us. Thank you, Cole. And Joey, you're just glad that I didn't start off this media session by singing Concrete Blonde, <laughs> Joey. You remember that? Old... I, I wish you did. <laughs> I used to always come up to Joey on pit road singing Joey by Concrete Blonde, and he would look at me and remind me how young he is. That... <laughs> you remember that? Of course. How do I, how can I forget that? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Thank you so much, Joey, for taking the time with us and best of luck to you on Sunday. All right. Thanks, Krista. See you guys. Appreciate everyone. Have a good offseason if I don't see you. Thank you for tuning in to TrackSmack SmackCast. Check out more at TrackSmackRadio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.